Hey guys, I want to tell you about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And how do I know? Because Todd Orndorff on a podcast now switched to Anchor. And it's absolutely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Can you imagine not having to lug all of your equipment every place you go to do an interview or record? You can do it all right from your phone. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to be heard, they send you there. You do the fun stuff, they do the hard stuff. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening, evening, ladies and gentlemen, and and welcome welcome to the Toddcast, Toddcast, featuring featuring the number one Toddcaster in America, America, Todd Todd, Ordorff. What's up, what's up, and good evening to you, this is Todd Ordorff on the Toddcast, coming at you from the great state of PA Central, PA to be exact. How about the weather, Pennsylvania? This is pretty awesome, pretty exciting. Right now it's 31 degrees, I'm checking out my thermo. And next week, within a week, it's going to be up to 69 degrees. How crazy. Can't believe it. 69 degrees in a week, almost 70. Pretty awesome. My local golf course. And I just got a text from Sarah Gaffney. That's pretty awesome. Guys, remember Sarah Gaffney? Yeah, well, hopefully I'm going to have her on the show. Pretty wild. I might as well talk about it since she just chimed in. Found out she lives not too far from me. She likes to run coons with hounds, and she's going to teach me how to do that because I have never done that in my life. So that's going to be pretty sweet. Hopefully uh, she can come up here soon. We can get that done, get that moving on. But before we get to the show, my name is Todd Orndorf. I'll be your party host for this evening. Man, oh man, do I have an episode for you today. It's going to be hitting heavy, it's going to be hitting hard, because it's something I hate hearing about. Something I can't believe that people nowadays have to hear about. While technology is in this boom, while there's many things going in this boom, we got different kind of vehicles, we've got different kind of transformations when it comes to technology, cell phones, computers, everything. But for some reason, people still have a problem. Still have a problem. When it comes to people going outdoors, people harvesting animals to feed their families with. There's nothing wrong with not going to the grocery store and buying food. There's nothing wrong with that. So why the people over here to my left and the people over here to my right, they bicker back and forth of what's right and what's wrong. Just let it go. You worry about yourself over there on the left. You worry about yourself over there on the right. I just don't understand, and for some reason, people in the outdoor industry have to defend ourselves now constantly, constantly, all the time, and it drives me nuts. So this episode here will be hitting hard, this episode here will be hitting heavy, I might get angry, I might get fired up, that's how it's going to be, but before that, I need to apologize for something. On my last episode, I promoted an interview with the lovely Allison Roberts, the sweetheart of the outdoor industry. I was promoting her to be on the show because we were supposed to meet this past weekend. There was an outdoor show in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and the interview fell through. Nothing that she did is 100% on me. Things came up and I was unable to go. And I was really bummed about it. It was eating me up for days and days and days. It was tearing me apart that I couldn't do this. 
not just because I couldn't finally meet Allison Roberts because I really want to and think she's fascinating, but the fact that I promoted something and I could not deliver to you guys physically made me feel sick inside. So I'm very sorry for that. It looks like I'm going to have to take a road trip sometime soon down to Kentucky and meet up with Allison Roberts, hang out, do an interview, and to finally get it going because I did promote it. It has to happen. I cannot lie to you guys, so I am apologizing now. Deeply sorry. It's something that you guys will not want to miss. But right now there is actually this race on who's going to be the first female interview on the show. And Sarah Gaffney just messaged me again. <laughs> the race for the first female on the show is going to be Allison Roberts, Sarah Gaffney, and I spoke with Amber Shank from T-Bars Outdoors. I would love to have those three on the show, whether all at one time, which would be kind of hard to do, or individually, but there's a race. Who's going to be the first female interview on the show? So I don't know. It's kind of funny where I'm going to have to... uh I might have to put a prize out, but that's what's happening. I apologize to Miss Allison Roberts. Like I said, she didn't come up here for the interview. She was up here working to promote, which I will definitely promote, Winchester Archery's Whitetail Frenzy, which you can find on the Pursuit channel. You can see Allison in action, doing her thing, tearing it up like she always does. Like I said, she's a sweetheart of the outdoor industry. So, so I'm sorry, guys. I failed you. I failed you. Hey, guys, are you looking to get family photos this year? Because maybe you got a family member in Alaska. Maybe you got family in Texas. And for some reason, you just can't get to them. Maybe times are tough. Maybe they can't get up to see you. Maybe you can send them a photo. And if you need a photo, if you need spring pictures, if you need senior pictures coming up, check out Organic Memories. Organic Memories is a studio focused on capturing the real beauty of everyday life. Lifestyle photography is described as a kind of photography which aims to capture portrait people in situations, realistic events, or milestones in an artistic manner in the art of everyday life. Tawny's passions are focused on capturing all those real moments that make our hearts swell. In-home sessions, making pancakes or playing in the rain, picnics or park outings, all of these wonderful, everyday, organically beautiful moments we truly remember for the rest of our lives. Senior pictures coming up, guys. Spring photos coming up. So you can hang them on your wall. You can hang them on this wall, hang them on this wall, hang them over there. You can even hang them over there. If that's what you need to do this year, check out Organic Memories. Find Tawny Beck. You can check out the company on Facebook. Donald Trump and professional wrestling have something in common? No way! So I haven't really spoken about politics on the show because it's not really what it's advertised. This is an advertised sports and hunting and fishing podcast, but I, I do talk wrestling. So I got to bring up this comparison with Donald Trump. If you don't know this, Donald Trump is actually in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's been a part of a WrestleMania, I believe it was 23, in a hair versus hair match against Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. Obviously, the Don still has his hair, so he won the match. But he was actually inducted into the Hall of Fame. I was just reading an article earlier. It might have been New York Times or somebody. I forget who it was. But they were talking about how how evil Donald Trump is and how basically can't believe that he is still in the race. Never would have projected it. Well, let me tell you something. I am not surprised at all 
that Donald Trump has done as well as he has, and it's because of a wrestling comparison. Let's go back, wrestling fans. Let's go back to the Attitude Era. Let's go back to the late 90s. There was two guys that were on top of the game. Two guys. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who you know in the movies, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why did they get over so much? Because they spoke what they thought was real. They they spoke their mind. They spoke the truth. Look at Austin. The Rock's really not the comparison. Just saying there were two guys that were on top of the game that talked a lot of trash. Rock being one, but the comparison more goes to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin is basically the fictional character of Donald Trump. That's my comparison. Now let me explain why. When Stone Cold Steve Austin was at the top of his career, he was running against the establishment. He was the he was anti-establishment. What is Donald Trump? He is everything opposite of what they want. Steve Austin was everything opposite of what Vince McMahon wanted the wrestlers to be. Yes, that was playing a character, but Donald Trump is not really playing a character. He's playing himself. He himself is a character, but the persona in which we see is not a character. It's who he genuinely is. I firmly believe that. His method of madness is talking to trash and getting people under his skin. He's, he has the ability to do something that Dusty Rhodes used to be able to do. Think three steps ahead. And then say things that would make you go the direction that he wanted you to go. That's what Donald Trump is doing. Take a look at Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio, throughout his entire campaign, has been a generally nice guy, not not talking a lot of trash. Then all of a sudden, hey, it's dwindling down. Donald Trump is doing this. I'm going to hop on board and start bashing him as well, saying he's orange. And that is exactly what Donald Trump wants because it's it's making Marco Rubio change who he is change how can we trust somebody that's not staying true to who they are when here's donald trump staying true to who he is that's the same thing that stone cold steve austin did and that's why donald trump is the real life stone cold steve austin that's exactly what it is it's the same guy one's real one's a fictional character since i'm on the subject of pro wrestling the wwe will have an event in hershey pennsylvania coming up march 13th and I am going to it, so excited, pretty excited about that, haven't been to a show since, well, I was at the Payback pay-per-view in Baltimore last year, but pretty stoked, haven't been to one in Pennsylvania in so long, my brother Freddy seems to go to him every time he's here, I don't know how he does it, but he does it, and for some reason this brother doesn't get the invite, sometimes, I just don't understand, probably gonna have to cut a promo on that man, and you might hear it live. Buckle up, it's about to get real. This is a subject that a lot of people feel very uncomfortable talking about. Because this whole world, everything in this world now is so PC. And PC, to me, is garbage. I hate this PC world that we live in. Whether it's from things that you can and cannot say. Whether it's to spanking your child if they're being bad. There's many things about living in this politically correct world that is complete garbage. And I personally can't stand it. And one of the takes on it that I personally cannot stand is the way people look at hunting and the outdoors in general. It drives me nuts. I hate hearing about it. I hate talking about it. But sometimes when you got to rant, you just got to rant. Because it's not healthy to keep things in. So maybe sometimes we just need to vent. And that's what's going to happen now. And guess what? If you're listening, pay attention and buckle up. Because it's going to get real. I'm willing to bet that your ancestors 
The people before you had to hunt to survive. Just going to say that now. You know, this whole concept of people not hunting and not hunting. People have hunted forever. They had to to survive. They didn't have... They didn't have a grocery store here, or a Walmart Supercenter over there, or whatever the heck you got, maybe Trader Joe's over here. They didn't have that. So they had to fend for themselves. Nobody criticized them at that time, but because we have what we have now, people are going to criticize us. Well, why would you go out and take the life of an animal when you can go to a store right now and go buy some beef? Why would you not go to a store and go do this or go do this? Why don't you go do that? Well, let me tell you something. Somebody who goes out there and physically takes their own game, physically goes out, grinds through the cold, grinds through the miles on foot, they know what they're coming home with. They're not going home with something that was tortured in a barn that had no way to fend for itself, had no chance to survive. Because guess what, folks? When you hunt, when you go outside into the wilderness and you hunt, there is never a guarantee that you're coming home with something. More often than not, in most days, and this is for every hunter out there, most days that you go out, you're not coming home with something. And now the way that the world is, a lot of times you don't even see anything. But you know what? You go out there, and it's not just for the kill, folks. It's not just for the kill. There have been plenty of times when I've gone out hunting and I have not come back with an animal. I wasn't dragging an animal back. I didn't pack an animal back out. But I had an incredible time because it got me out of the house. It got me off the couch. It got me off the phone. It got me off the internet. I was exploring this land in which we live. Being a hunter teaches you plenty of things. For one, mental toughness. You need mental toughness in this world, whether you sit in a cubicle, hating what you do, Or whether you're in the casino business getting yelled at by somebody because they just lost a hundred grand. It doesn't matter. Mental toughness is needed in every job that you have. You could be a school teacher. That's extremely stressful. I know that for a fact. My stepmother was one. It doesn't matter what you do. You need to be mentally tough. You need to learn how to grind through situations. Sitting on your couch ain't going to help you grind. There's one way that will teach you how to grind and respect overcoming obstacles and adversity faster than anything else. And that's becoming a hunter. Being out in those woods. The mental toughness of sitting in a tree stand for six and a half straight hours and only seeing one squirrel. And that squirrel ticking you off because you keep turning your head thinking it might be a deer. And that's movement that you're creating when you really don't want to create movement. That drains you mentally. Let's talk about physical toughness. We got guys who go out there and they pump iron and bench 500 pounds. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's actually really awesome because I know how, I know how hard that stuff can be. Being an, being an athlete myself, I know that you gotta be in shape to do things. But imagine, just like in my Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation interview with my buddy Kevin. He was a guide for 17 years out in Colorado. And sometimes he said you had to go to 11, 12,000 feet. Well, some guy who's not in good cardio condition cannot do that. Can't, they'll blow up. To use a wrestling term on this podcast, they will blow up. But hunting gives you this, this unique ability to when you come up to a bump in the road, to hurdle that bump and hurdle the next one. You have no chance. You have no other way to get to where you want to go other than to plow through that wall. You find this extra oomph within you where you just have to boom. You just got to knock the wall down. Not the one that Trump's building because it's going to be expensive. But the struggles that you're going to endure in the wilderness teach you how to overcome life's obstacles, not just obstacles in the wilderness. First and foremost, I'm going to start off with the Humane Society. Because I think those people are nothing but jokesters. They're the suit and ties of the antis. 
That's how I classify him. Through the suit and ties, well, PETA, PETA's take the brunt of a lot of things, but they don't admit nothing. But we're going to start off here with Humane Society, Wayne Pacelli and all them, because right now, I'm really fired up. I'm extremely fired up. Because yes, hunting season's not in right now, there's nothing I can do about it. Spring Gobbler's on the way, but it's not here yet. But most people, they need to realize, need to understand, and the Humane Society definitely needs to understand, that hunting is not about going for the kill. It's about the entire experience. That's why people, and I'll get on this in a bit, that's why people get harped on all the time when they take a picture with their animal that they just killed and they're smiling. They're not smiling about the fact that they killed an animal. They're smiling that they overcame that incredible challenge and was able to finally conquer the quest. Hunting is so much about maintaining the balance in the wilderness. The balance between animals. Let's take wolves. You have these groups trying to stop wolf hunting and put them back on the endangered species list when they are no longer endangered. Guess what, folks? They once were. Guess why they're not now? Hunters. The areas where the wolves live are no longer threatened. I don't think anybody wants to see wolves eradicated. We're just using wolves as an example here. But there needs to be a balance to help preserve and prolong the lives of these species. Something has to be the top predator. It's either going to be the animals or us humans. And before you start complaining about it, give it a thought. It's really the reality of the food chain of life, folks. I lived in a city the past three years, and I found that the majority of folk were completely against hunting as a whole. If the balance isn't there and the population gets too high, guess what, folks? Those animals have nowhere to go but in the city. Here's an analogy for you folks, for you antis. Let's say you're walking out in the forest on a hike. Just because you're an anti doesn't mean you don't like to walk out in the woods. So let's say you're going on a hike. Maybe you're out in Montana or Wyoming. Because this show is heard out there. I know that for a fact. And you run into a pack of wolves who haven't seen an elk or a deer because they have devoured the entire population. Guess what? You, someone who is innocently walking through, through nature, now becomes their meal for the day. That's reality. Wolves are natural born killers. It's what they do. And I love wolves. I'm not slamming wolves by any means. I wish we had them here where I live. I'd love to just sit out with a camera and film them. I think they're fascinating animals. But we need a balance within this wilderness for all forms of life. Whether it's humans, whether it's deer, moose, elk. We need the balance. These animals. And that's why hunters hunt. It's not just the beer swilling guys out of camp that like to go and just blow up stuff. I'm not talking about those weekend warriors that do that. I'm talking about the guys who really genuinely care about and take what we do for for nature. So we can extend the lives of these animals. Extend them. Take out the mature ones that can no longer breed anymore. And repopulate the young ones so the numbers grow. So we have more to eat. That's what it's all about. Conservation is such a powerful, powerful thing. And we give more than the antis do. That's for darn sure. I'll get to the numbers here in a bit. But the Humane Society is such a joke. You know, Wayne Pacelli, the head guy, says everyone, he wants to see a time when there's no longer hunting. So let's talk about New Jersey. There, there have been bears in every county in the state of New Jersey. So what happens if you don't hunt them? Because for a long time, guess what, folks? For a long time, New Jersey, they didn't have bear hunting. Oh, now the bear population is really big. They brought back bear hunting. They brought it back because now there's too many bears. 
If there was hunting and people regulating how many you can take for license sales and all this other crap, then guess what? The problem wouldn't be there. There would have been a better chance that a college kid in New Jersey would not have been killed by a black bear because they're killing everything off. They have nothing to eat. You have less bears, you have a healthy balance. There's more for everybody to go around. Might save a life. You never know. PETA? These people... Oh my god, they jarred me nuts. PETA are the most ignorant... PETA is the most hypocritical people on the face of this planet. They really truly are. They're such hypocrites. They dog on hunters all the time. Don't do that. You shouldn't be hunting. Blah, blah, blah. Why are... This is why you're bad because you hunt. Blah, blah, blah. Thrown it in our face. Let me tell you something, animal lovers. Hey, you got a dog? I do. My stepmom's got three of them. You got a cat? My sister does. I have a cat literally three feet from me right now. PETA kills more cats and dogs than anybody. I believe, if I recall, the number is around 95% of the animals that come into their shelter are killed. Well, we don't have the resources. We don't have the resources. We got to kill them. Well, I'm sorry. That's not an excuse. You're doing the same thing that hunters are doing, except our animals have a chance at living because we got to go and find them. We got to go into their house. We got to go trick them and we got to go get them. And that's extremely hard to do when they're a lot faster than us. You can catch a dog. You can catch a cat. I know you can catch this cat right beside me. I'll tell you that right now. My question for PETA and PETA folks When is it okay to kill and when is it okay to not kill? Hunters hunt. It's never a guarantee that a kill will be made. More often than not, depending on where you live, if you are hunting for deer, you won't even shoot a deer that day. Whether it's with a gun or a bow. Here, PETA is killing puppies while hunters hunt and eat what they kill. That makes no sense. No sense at all. PETA is the most hypocritical group of them all. My message to you, if you're listening, if you find a stray dog, don't go and give it to the animal lovers, quote unquote, at PETA. Chances are, at the snap of a finger, that dog will be dead. It's the way it is, folks. PETA likes to give you, the hunter, a load of garbage for going out in the woods for a chance. Let's put that in capitals. Maybe a couple asterisks on both sides. Let's make it stand out. We're going to bold and underline this. For chance at taking home dinner. They murder these animals... And by the way, do they advertise that? Hey, we are PETA. We kill pets. No, they don't. They do not. Absolutely not. They're the most hypocritical group out there. Like I said, I have a dog of my own. My stepmom has a doggy daycare business. There's a cat in the house that I'm in right now. I'm visiting my mother right now. There's a cat right here. I don't want PETA killing my pets. I don't want PETA to take the life of anybody's pets. If you find a stray dog, I'm begging you, please don't take it to PETA. Because even though I hunt, I love animals. How can you kill an animal if you say you love it? Because I don't want it to get eaten by coyotes and sit out there and rot. I'm sorry. The thing's made of meat. Life eats life, folks. Welcome to the world. That's the way the game works. Please do not take any pet to PETA. If you care about that animal, you will not do that. And it's funny because I got 
two messages since I started this from Sarah Gaffney. Sarah Gaffney is probably the biggest lover of hounds in the history of the universe. And when she comes on this show, we're talking about this. I'm going to bring this up to her. Because she is, she hunts with hounds. I don't know how many she has, but I'm sure it's quite a bit from the pictures I've seen. But I would love her thoughts on this and her thoughts on PETA. Because she is one bad you-know-what hunter. She really is. And I would just love her thoughts on the garbage and the hypocrites known as PETA. You know, folks, it's like this. Those people in the Humane Society or PETA, I'll bet you, you know, those antis, I'll bet you that they have shoes that are made of leather. Where did the leather come from? I will bet you those people live in houses made of wood. It might be a brick home, but I'll guarantee you you got wood somewhere in your house. Maybe it's on your floor. Maybe it's your kitchen cabinets. I don't know, maybe it's your staircase. Maybe it's your door. Do you realize that having those products, buying those products, means there's more demand for going out into the wilderness, changing the habitat for these animals, which could ultimately make their area, their home, a lot smaller because we're taking it, we're shortening the boundaries of it. You are negatively affecting their lives as well. So thank you, Hypocrite 1, Hypocrite 2, and the whole way down the line. Willing to bet the shoes that you're wearing, Mr. Mr. Humane Society there in a suit and tie, I'll bet you part of your shoes right now are leather. Sometimes you just need to educate. Sometimes you need to educate people. Some people who listen to this might be part of PETA, might like PETA, might support PETA or the Humane Society. Well, I challenge you to challenge these numbers that I got right here from what us hunters do. And it's fascinating. If you hunt, you should know these numbers because it's fascinating how much you contribute to the wilderness, to other people, to these animals. Nobody in America donates more money or more time to our wildlife than hunters. We are all a part of nature. It's not just the squirrels, it's not just the beavers, it's not just the deer, the moose, the elk, the coyotes, the wolves. Humans are as well. Hunters donate thousands of pounds of venison each year to the needy. I would love to know how many thousands of pounds these people donate. If you work in retail or you own a retail business, let's just say, let's just say that you do. Hunters spend roughly $38 billion each and every year and $955 million a year on sales and fuel. This country is hurting for jobs. There's no secret. Been that way for years now. Take away hunting, you take away jobs. Jobs in the hunting industry alone account for $16.7 billion of income each year. People say that hunters hunting will destroy the wildlife. Us hunters have and continue to reintroduce and repopulate big game and small game species into dozens of areas. That, by the way, were destroyed by settlers. That happened. They needed to survive. Nobody's faulting them for that. A hunter would never fault another uh, hunter from back then for doing that. This is what you needed to survive. Well, you don't need to do it to survive now, Todd. No joke, folks. But it's what we as humans do. We are natural-born predators. Life eats life. It's the circle of life. Deal with it. Fun fact for everybody here. I'm a huge fan of elk. Huge fan of elk. In 1907, only 41,000 elk remained in North America. The money and hard work invested by hunters to restore and contribute to the conservation movement has now given elk a new life. It really has. It's amazing. There are now over 1 million elk in North America. 41,000 
to 1 million. It's incredible. White-tailed deer are the most popular game of choice by hunters, in case you didn't know. Some people might not know that, but they are. In 1900, there were half a million left. Only 500,000, that's it. In 1900. Today, over 32 million. It's incredible. It's incredible what people wanting to help the land can do. 60 years ago, there were only 100,000 turkey. 60 years ago, that was, that was like our parents' lifetime ago. That's like when our parents were born. There were only 100,000 turkey. I personally find that amazing. Absolutely incredible. Today, 7 million. Thank you for all this help to all you antis that generously donate and buy license. Even if you don't want to hunt, you just buy license because you know it goes, because you know it goes to a good thing. Thank you. My hat's off to you. What a joke, huh? Collectively over 1.6 billion is given for conservation programs. If these animal rights and the rest of the antis care so much, why are their numbers nowhere near even remotely close to what we give? I touched on a little bit about the smiling hunter in the photo after their kill. Boom! Got the animal. Hey, check it out. Here's me. Smile. Because I just killed this thing. I just murdered this animal. No, that's not the way it goes, folks. That's not the way it goes. When you are in the woods, there is a certain kind. There's a mystique that these animals have. When you get out of your vehicle, you have this tree line. Every woods has a tree line. And when you enter that tree line, it's like you're walking into another world. It's like we enter the land of the unknown, where we do not belong, but proceed to intrude. It's amazing the way this whole thing works. The feeling that you get in there. Then when you come out, and you've accomplished something, and you had a good time, you learned a lot about yourself. Hunting builds so much character. You go out hunting for one day, your character has changed for a lifetime. The way you appreciate things in life changes. The moment you walk out. Say you're in the woods for six hours, you're a changed man in six hours. It's amazing. It's like it's magic. Have you guys heard about the Hamptons? What's going on up there with all with the deer population? Unfortunately, some people just don't get what I'm saying. Or they get it, they just wish or they just refuse to accept it. The Hamptons has a very bad deer problem. Population's way too high. As somebody who understands that you need population control, they need to take deer out big time. It's causing car accidents, which which can kill you, can kill your husband or wife, your son or daughter, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, your aunts and uncles, anybody. Car accidents by hitting animals, that's a real life thing that can happen, folks. Some of you might have witnessed this. Unfortunately, you might have witnessed this, but it happens. They need a population control. They need a balance within the system. But unfortunately, these people who are trying to put this together are pretty stupid. How can we make money at this compared to how can we lose money at this? Because people are so ignorant as to what hunters do. The idea of bringing snipers into the Hamptons to hunt in the middle of the night and kill these animals... Is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I've heard some pretty crazy crap in my 29 years of existence on this earth. I really have. That just might be at the top of the list. Pay people to go and hunt at night snipers 
who probably won't charge 15 bucks an hour, snipers to go out in the wilderness and just start waxing deer. Instead, why don't they allow bow hunt only because there are houses around. It's not a place where you'd want to use guns. Any smart person would know that. You don't really want to use ammo there. Why don't they open up to bow hunters? People would come from all... If they have that amount of deer, people would come from all over. All over. It's a way to feed your family. Why would you not go? Open up a bow hunt early. But then, they're so sensitive to the fact that somebody might wake up one day and see the deer that they see every day running around like crazy. And one might fall over because it has an arrow in it. That's an argument. They don't want to wake up and see a deer laying in their yard with an arrow in it. I'm sorry. There's a way to make money at this. There's a way to not make money at this. They're choosing a way to not make money at this. And it's disgusting. It's ridiculous. Why do we live in such a sensitive world? And why do we have to ignore the facts that people growing up way back when my grandfather... And his grandfather, and his grandfather, it's what you had to do to survive. It's not a negative thing. It's what we've, it's what people have done for hundreds of years. But now because we have grocery stores over here, we can order stuff online here, we can do this over here, do that over there. It, people look down on hunting. Quick question for you grocery getters out there. When you buy beef, tell me, please tell me what they put in that animal. I would love to know. What, it, what it's been injected with, with that you're eating? Please tell me. Oh, you can't. That's right. Sorry. Go out and hunt. You know exactly where your food's coming from. It's 100%, it's 100% organic and the most healthiest meat you would ever have. And it's really weird. When you harvest a... Say you shoot a deer. We'll use deer as an example because it's the most common animal out there that's hunted around the United States. Let's say you shoot a deer... And you sit down and you eat what you just killed that night. You have this like spiritual connection and this deep appreciation for what you're eating because of the work that you put into this. The scouting, the tracking, making the shot. It's unbelievable how good it feels to eat something that you have taken. Knowing that it's nurturing your body and the people that you love. So here's something funny that... I've been thinking about and I'm going to try to calm down now. I'm going to just try to relax, try to calm down. But there's all this talk of shooting animals, shooting animals. What happened to fish? If you see a picture of people that came back from a boat and they have all these fish hanging up on their board and they get their picture taken by, why does nobody ever comment about somebody fishing and taking fish out of the water? The fish not matter. Does nobody care about fish? I don't understand. If anybody has an explanation as to why this is like this, please let me know. I've been wondering, why doesn't anybody care about the fish? Alright, no more of that topic because it gets me fired up. I want to have a good night. I want to have a good weekend. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope you learned something. I hope you learned a little bit about the bums over there at Pete and the bums over there at the Humane Society because... I'm sure outside of what they do for a living, they are nice people. I'm sure they're good guys, love their families, take care of their families, do the best that they can. But the fact that they won't understand and or think about what we think about 
But the fact that they won't take the time to understand bothers me. It really does. Really, really bothers me. So I'm going to try to calm down. Thank you guys very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Like I said, I hope you learned something. How can you contact the show? How can you contact the show? Let me tell you how you, yeah, you can contact the show. We have a Facebook page. Went live last week or the week before. One of those two. Todd Orndorff on the Toddcast on Facebook. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you give it a like. Feel free to write a post. Feel free to write a review. Those are always, always, always welcomed. On the Toddcast at gmail.com. Hit me up. Ask me questions. I will read them on the air. That would be pretty fun and exciting. A Q&A. How about that? Let's do a Q&A, guys. Twitter is on the Toddcast. No, I'm sorry. Whoa! Remix! T.O. on the Toddcast. Feel free to hit me up on there as well. That's up and running. I actually got to get to that more. I don't hit it up enough. So maybe if you go over there and you tweet me on the Twitter, it'll get me over there more. So let's do that. Hit me up, social media guys. Instagram, living, L-I-V-I-N, for the number four, The Hunt. Check it out, check it out, check it out. This was the Toddcast saying good night. Thank you for listening. The attendance was off the charts. Tune in next time to Todd Orndorff on the Toddcast. Thank you and good night.